Ready to go? Ready to go. Here we go. Look who's back. Back again. It's Think Outside the Box set. Yay! Um, the internet's only outrage machine. I'm Maddie Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. And I'm Taylor Swift. I'm back! Whoa! <laughs> Taylor Swift's back! Welcome, Tay-Tay. So glad you could join us again. Thanks, it's good to be here. <laughs> Things so, have changed uh, a little bit since you were last on. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, Noam, um, a old-time friend of mine and banjo student who um, is a woodworker and I think some of the most ardent, loyal podcast listeners are like people who work in some kind of shop and who like work with their hands. Um, and very uh, messianic figures, I find. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and so he binged all of Think Outside the Box set in order. Um, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Which is I'm like, sorry. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's dedication. Yeah. It's really just the ICP ride. episodes. I can't believe, yeah, it's a lot to get through right there. Um, and uh, when he got to our Taylor Swift episode, he was like, I'm loving having Becca on these episodes. It's <laughs> She's so smart. Not like you two dinguses. <laughs> So. It's like Becca does preparation work and like has things to say and like has ideas. It's kind of a new new direction for the show. To go <laughs> yeah, Becca's a consummate professional. <laughs> Which of course is like a bunch of pressure, just in case like you <laughs> didn't do any of that this time. I was gonna freewheel this one. Whoops! Whoops! <laughs> Yeah, so we're back with Tay-Tay, with her album, Midnights. Multiple. Plural. Midnights, plural. Plural. And that's like, that's like, um, when you're halfway between, like, uh, one rank in chivalry, like, you're a page, you're a squire, and then you're knight, and then you're like a lord, it's like somewhere in between there. (laughs) (laughs) What's that that way that, like, that certain famous people get... It's not knighted in England, but they get like this lower rung. That's is it the Damed? Order of British something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah misogyny. Oh my God. It is a lower rank. Um, isn't it Order of British something? Um, Officer of the Order of the British Empire? Yeah. It's a real right. sil- silver medal Oof. ranking right there. Oof. Oof. That's a real rough title. Uh, they should just call it being midnighted. Um, so this album, uh, Taylor is left behind her, like, bony Vare, the national sad folk singer persona that she did for a little while, for two albums. For the pandemic. For the pandemic. And this is, uh, back to, back to pop music. Mm-hmm. I mean, pop. In a way. In a way, it's all been pop music the entire time. Um, but like, it's like synth, synth dance music, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And she but even talks like... about it in one of her songs called mm. Bejeweled, like the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's not like, you know, 
I don't know. It, it doesn't strike me as like super commercial, like wanting to, you know, be played at like a club or something like that. I don't know. It, I think it has that kind of an interesting relationship to, um, what am I trying to say? Not like authenticity, but like her, her sort of positioning of herself in terms of like genre and in terms of like sophistication, you know, like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I Does don't make, know if I do. Sense at all? Okay. Maybe I'll understand it throughout our discussion about the album. <laughs> Mm. The more you maybe speak. I will too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it, it's it's sort of like a lot of it reminds me of kind of like Lana Del Rey and like sure Lana Del Rey doesn't seem like she's trying to have a number one single necessarily. Right. Like I, I don't think she would turn it down and be like, no, stop buying my albums or whatever. Um, not that you could really turn it down, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem like she's really aiming for having the number one song for the entire country for like, you know, months or whatever, you know? Huh. Yeah. You might be right. It doesn't seem as, as big as like, none of these songs seem as big as like bad blood was when it came Mm -hmm. out. Maybe it is though. You all know, you all know how well this album's performing. Don't you? Do you, do you know how well this album's performing? Is it number one? Fuck. Not only is it number one, uh, Taylor Swift is the only person ever to hold the first top 10 rankings on the Billboard 100. She's holding all of the first top 10 and she's the first artist ever to do it. Holy shit. Okay. So yeah, she's doing, she's doing all right. Um, Yeah. So maybe she is trying to do it and she just actually has her finger on the pulse of like... (laughs) It's I almost like she so. has like a huge team of <laughs> um, of people who know exactly what is going to yeah. sell a lot of money and how yeah. to sell it. It's almost mm-hmm. like she's a really brilliant businesswoman who's doing something yeah. that very few artists have ever done. Mm-hmm. Right, Cameron? Mm-hmm. Right, Cameron? You're welcome, Becca, by the way, for setting you up so beautifully <laughs> for yeah, just thanks, slamming thanks. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so... Other general thoughts about the album? She's back with Jack Antonoff. Um, yeah, he's like co- co-writing almost all of the songs. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, I think one Ray makes an appearance, right. uh, supposedly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it an imposter? Uh, it, well, kind of we buried. can talk about it when we get there. But yeah. there's there's a bunch oh. of like she's just impossible to hear, and there's a bunch of memes on the internet about people being like. You know, me waiting to hear Lana Del Rey. And then it's just people, like, looking really confused. <laughs> I mean, like, huh? Like, where, where is she? Um, oh she's God. credited, but it's very hard to hear her. Zoe Kravitz has a writing credit on one of these songs. What? Yeah. Hello. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I didn't know that she did that. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know she was in music at all. I knew she was, like, an actress. Um, I knew her dad does, you know, dabbles in music. Um, <laughs> she's in the... She's in um, Bad Blood. She's in the music video. Y'all remember that? Oh, yeah. And Lena, Lena Dunham's in that. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. Yeah. Uh, so there's like, should we talk about like the, the Gaylor controversy? Um, because what? that was, are you oh familiar with the concept of a Gaylor or a Hetler? Hmm. <laughs> are you thinking of Gloria Gaynor? No, I am. <laughs> For once, I'm not. Um, (laughs) So there are a lot of Taylor Swift fans who have really uh, strong opinions about 
whether or not Taylor is gay or bisexual and uh, that there are like hidden meanings in the songs to say that she is or isn't. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there are a lot of people sort of accusing her and her team of um, capitalizing on, uh, on that speculation and kind of like leaning into that and doing some (gasps) queer baiting. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, this first song is the, the big song that people were um, that people had strong feelings about the Gaylers had strong feelings about. So maybe we should talk about the first song, unless you have any other. Oh, sorry. Are are Gaylers Taylor Swift fans from gay Taylor Gaylor? No, it doesn't mean. Oh, they're not gay themselves. They think Taylor Swift is gay. Yeah. They're probably gay or they have some sort of vested interest in, in that or they're queer in some way. Yeah. But um, and then Hetlers. are there bilers too? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I think the that's by erasure once again. <laughs> Panlers. What about Panlers? Panlers. Demilers. Demilers. Panlers. I can't. I didn't write this down. Apparently, in my notes, I don't know why. It's like an important detail, but there's a specific person who is a model who um, is a woman who Taylor was really good friends with for a lot of years, who is, there's a specific theory that Taylor was like dating this woman for a lot of years, but I, I did not write down her name. So that's, that one's on me. Um, but I think that's part of where the Gaylor theories come from mm-hmm. is this like specific relationship with this woman who she was really like physically affectionate mm-hmm. with in public. And then at some point they just sort of ghosted and like stopped, stopped being publicly friends at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot to, of sorry. There's a lot I, of discourse online about like whether or not she is queer or is trying to tell people that she's queer, uh, and then whether or not we should care. Um, mm-hmm. And then some people are like mad at her for capitalizing on that potentially, or some people are like saying that the concept of queer baiting is like really dangerous. Like the, the anger over uh, supposed queer baiting is really dangerous. Um, there's this actor um, who's in the show Heartstoppers. Well, there's this actor in the show um, Heartstoppers um, who uh, w- just turned 18 recently um, and plays a bi character in, in this uh in the show, this like British show that came on BBC. Uh, sorry, sorry. It's, it came on Netflix within the last year. Uh, Becca and I watched it. It's like the, like Sandy blonde kind of like baby face. Oh yeah. Baby face boy. I know. Um, and, uh, he, um, I forget the actor's name, but like he eventually came out because people like saw him like with a woman, um, at some point and got mad and they're like, you're not actually queer. You're not actually gay. And he like had to like oh. publicly come, come out as, as being mm-hmm. bisexual. And, but he did it and he was very resentful about it. He's like, fine, you, y'all made me force me to come out. I didn't want, I wasn't ready to come out. I wasn't interested in doing that, but you did because like you're trying to gatekeep me from like acting in this role. Hmm. So, which, the role is a bi, <laughs> he's a bi character. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so that's like a way that it's sort of dangerous or toxic. A, a similar thing happened to 
arguably to Jamila Jamil um, when they made some sort of like runway show, um, like like a drag runway show, and she was uh, hired as a celebrity judge on it. And a lot of queer folks were like, this person isn't queer. Why are we having her do this? And then she like came out as as by afterwards sort of under duress um <laughs> yeah so i guess those are like examples of and then all the stuff around like harry styles um which i don't know anything about that like whose mm-hmm. fault that is but um uh feels like it's I've a little bit of everybody. most of that yeah but I've, I've heard a little bit from like billy porter like criticizing right. him and right so I guess those are the ways that like maybe in the discourse, people are like, I don't know if this, these accusations of queer baiting is helping. Uh, maybe there's mm-hmm. more constructive ways that we could uh, have uh, parasocial relationships with celebrities. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. I mean, I get like why people would be upset about it and it does suck to like, have that happen or like be like commercialized or targeted in that way. Um, mm. especially in a way that feels like disingenuous. Um, but also like if you get really sensitive about it and really vocal about it, it kind of becomes a form of gatekeeping. Um, yeah, especially, especially for like bi people who might be in a heterosexual seeming relationship. Right. Um, oops. How about I just slam my mic around a bit? How does that, how does that strike you? Um, I don't know if Cameron's going to put it in, but I had a real great time um, making some of the worst <laughs> microphone noises I've ever made um, earlier. <laughs> um, I, I want to do a little bit of real-time follow-up. Um, Becca mentioned um, the uh, um, record that Taylor Swift set, um, and there'll be an article, or there'll be a, a link to it in the show notes from billboard.com. Um, and I just wanted to say that all of the... 10 songs are from this album midnights um i was not i was like kind of wondering because like um the taylor's versions yeah taylor like like, taylor's versions of like stuff are starting to come out and yeah i was like wondering um it would be fun to like visit one of those albums becky you want to be on the song you want to be on the uh the show again next week and we can talk about like one of the versions (laughs) yep I think I uh, also... This one has 30 songs on it. How does that sound? It sounds Oof. amazing. It sounds delightful. <laughs> I also wrote down that every single... <clears throat> so she has two versions of this album. She released... So again, you know, classic The Taylor. 3 a.m. She released a three a yeah. version at 3 a.m. of the album oh. with seven more songs on it. I thought you were going to um, say the Target exclusive. But I wrote down... I wrote down that all 20 were on the Billboard 100. Whoa. Yeah, Inclu- which I including the like 3am version ones. In- yeah, like, well, because there's only 13. So Tay is really into mm. numerology. 13 is her favorite number. So there's only 13 on mm. the like official album, but the 3am version. Um, yeah, there's 20 songs and ap- apparently all all 20 of them were on the top 100. Wow. I know. It's incredible. I know. She's going places. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. All of Taylor's versions of these albums have like, Eight million songs. <laughs> and really, some of them are really long too, like really extended. Like she took songs that were already long, and then she was like, "Let's make this 
three times this long. <laughs> it's kind of intense. It's sort of a lot. Um, I have a follow-up because I have found it in my notes. Carly Kloss <laughs> is the person she was really good friends with for like a lot of years very publicly who the Gaylers think that she was in a relationship with potentially. Um, Carly married Joshua Kushner, Jared Kushner's little bro. Oh, oh my God. What? I know. Great people. Oh, great. Great people. BFFs. Mm. BFFs. Cool, 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 cool. Love it. <laughs> The only other overarching note I had for this album is I think it's interesting. Um, oh, God, I have more things to say. I Okay, I have one more thing to say about the numbers on it, um, which is it was the top-selling album of the year with 1.14 million copies to date as of, like, I don't know, a couple days ago when I looked at this. And it sold 575,000 vinyls. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, Wikipedia says it's the largest vinyl sales week of the 21st century. What the hell? It's amazing. Apparently, like, when Adele released her last album, it kind of, like, ruined the vinyl industry, like, for, like, independent artists for a while. Because just there wasn't enough infrastructure and she just, like, kind of bought all of the, like, raw materials and kind of, like, stopped... uh, everyone from making vinyls for a minute and they were on these huge back orders. Wow. Tall poppy string band uh, vinyls are available now, by the way. Just, are they? When am I going to yeah. get mine? Uh, soon this week. Great. Yeah. Help wait. us reach five. I, wait, th- I think so. Whoa. Amazing. I, I may not have, this is, <laughs> I'll keep this on record cause I don't want to edit it. Um, <laughs> I may have missed putting you on the mail on the mailing list for this first round. Oh my god! It makes <laughs> because me feel so um, uh, reasons. Because um, you're just going to hand it to me. Okay. Yeah, but I don't have any. <laughs> George has them all. Okay, we got to move on. <laughs> this Love is boring. <laughs> Not to me. Um, yeah. Um, but, but, but. Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia. I mean, like speaking of genre, like Wikipedia says that it's. You know, experimentation with electronica, dream pop, bedroom pop, and chill out music styles in the album. Um, and it says it is characterized by subtle grooves, vintage synthesizers, drum machine, and hip hop slash R&B rhythms. The only thing I like more than listening to music is listening to people describe music. <laughs> yeah, music <laughs> writing is universally good. <laughs> Never bad. It's impossible to the do The only that. way to talk about music and to do true justice is to bloviate in podcast form for an hour. <laughs> yes, exactly. In between mouthfuls of cheese and box white wine. <laughs> fill, t- fill space for a minute, by the way. Oh, okay. Is it no. cheese time? Uh, okay. I'm going to say one more thing about this album, which is, is maybe obvious to everyone listening, but the conceit of this album, the structure of the album, is that um, each of the songs on it is about, is about a... Mm-hmm. sleepless night that Taylor had at some point in her life. Oh yeah. That, I mean, I, I read that on yeah. Wikipedia. And I, I thought I would say it out loud. Obvious to me, yeah. but um, I'm glad you mentioned I did, it. Cause I, I forgot to. Yeah. Well, no. oh my God. that's what it is. Cameron. Great. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for you. Yes. Um, time to get in the songs. Let's do songs. Okay. The first one is called Lavender Haze. <laughs> Subtle scent. <laughs> yeah, 
I had to do it. Come on. <laughs> okay, here's the real sound sample. I've been under scrutiny. Yeah, oh yeah. You handle it beautifully. Yeah, oh yeah. All this shit is new to me. Yeah, oh yeah. Hey Tay's back to swearing cusses. She she cusses like quite a bit, like like uh, noticeably on this album. She says the she's word not, fuck. Like mm-hmm. She says the word damn. Oh my god. The word shit. <gasps> Heavens. <laughs> um, I didn't know she was in a six year relationship. Did we know that? Did we talk about that? Some of us knew that. Okay. <laughs> I like have not been keeping up literally with everything. <laughs> Taylor Swift's love life. <laughs> I have been. <laughs> She's been dating someone named Joe Alwyn for for six years. Yeah, which the song is about. I mean, the guys all win, so you can't lose. Uh, um, uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the this is the song that got the Gaylers mad. Because oh. um, the use Lavender of, Menace. Right. Lavender Marriages, Lavender Menace, Lavender mm-hmm. Scare. Like, pe- people were like, oh, this is when Taylor's going to come out and, like, confirm, like, what we've been saying. And then she did, like, an Instagram live and was like, so I got this title from Mad Men, which what, I, maybe there's an actual quote. Um yeah, uh, she, did. she has like no, an Instagram post. I happened upon um, the phrase Lavender Haze when I was watching Mad Men, and I looked it up because I thought it sounded cool. And it turns <laughs> out that it's a common phrase used in the 50s when they would describe being in love. Like, if you were in a Lavender Haze, that meant that you were in that all-encompassing love glow. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I guess theoretically, when you're in the Lavender Haze, you'll do anything to stay there and not let pring- not let people bring you down off that cloud not let pringles not let pringle and not when you pop (laughs) and i think a lot of people have to don't stop (laughs) i think a lot here and this uh pissed people off too and i think uh, a lot of people have to deal with this now not just quote-unquote public figures because we live in the era of era of social media uh and if the world finds out that you're in love with somebody, they're going to weigh in on it. Like my relationship for six years, we've had to dodge weird rumors, tabloid stuff, and we just ignore it. So the song is about the act of ignoring that stuff to protect the real stuff. I hope you guys like it. So a lot of Gaylers were like, okay, so not only are you not coming out, but you're also like saying that we're saying weird rumors or that like the idea that you would be queer is weird rumors. Um, so yeah to be fair (laughs) prior to her relationship with joe olin uh taylor swift's love life was like repeatedly and highly uh publicized like over and over and over again and one of the hallmarks of her relationship with him is that they've been very private about their relationship um which makes sense to me (laughs) yeah i'm not on either side of the gaylers or the hetlers yeah um I'm on I'm on team 
we can't be caring about this as much. <laughs> like, this is t- bad for everyone. <laughs> like, this is obviously bad for her. This is bad for uh, all of her fans. Yeah, people um, have got to stop talking about this, you know, like giving it media coverage yeah. and like spoofing it exactly. up. Like, <laughs> the emotional investment You're just in it. mining it for like such content. God, it's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, gross. There, there are, I don't think there's anything wrong with like having... There's some levels of healthy parasocial uh, identification. Uh, I think we all do it with various celebrities. Um, but if you want to feel represented, choose one of the many, many queer people who uh, have a platform now. Wait, are there gay people in music? Yeah, there's gay <laughs> folks know. in music. There's... Huh. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, gay folks in all sorts of media. And um, we don't, like, this idea of, like, we don't need Taylor Swift to be a gay icon. She could just be herself, and she doesn't have to represent uh, us <laughs> um, in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I... If... I, I don't know I don't know what the takeaway is there, but it's, like, there's plenty of, of queer folks to, like, be happy <laughs> about yeah and maybe even one of them is taylor swift maybe so let's keep let's keep digging yeah (laughs) we'll find out someday (laughs) i think that's the moral we can all take from this yes um what should we talk about this song at all (laughs) i will say i want to say two things about it here are my two things one taylor talks about marriage a lot on this album um Mm. and i think there's an interesting lyric the only kind of girl they see is a one night or a why i i i I, 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 I. Um, I think that's good. I think that's good, very concise writing and explaining of the media's obsession with the sexuality of everyone, and especially famous people. Wait, isn't that in a different song? No. <laughs> Where is it? Any other questions? Oh, there it is. Okay. I was, I did a, <laughs> I was doing a search for one night without the hyphen. So. Oh, oh. oh, shit. Those hyphens look at you every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the, the line before that is, all they keep asking me is if I'm going to be your bride. I, 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 Yes. I, 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 She yeah. invokes the so humors this- <laughs> in this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, melancholia, mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's just a bit getting down with Plenty the Elder. So that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's some interesting, like, kind of stuff in here about being in a long-term relationship and resisting marriage specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, chorus, um, I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say, no deal. The 1950s shit they want from me, I just want to stay in that lavender haze. Um, and then, of course, the bit about all they keep asking me is if I'm going to be a bride. And then in the pre-chorus, I find it dizzying. They're bringing up my history, but you aren't even listening. So, like, it's like they don't need no piece of paper from the city hall, keeping them bright and true. You know, that kind of thing. Mm, Another vaguely lavender (laughs) association. I No, that album's called Blue. (laughs) Yeah, Blue is a vague vague lavender. (laughs) Everyone knows that. I never thought of it that way. Oh, my God. (laughs) Something that I dislike about this album is that there are moments that 
where, where there are lyrics that read well on paper, but don't actually rhythmically track in a very satisfying way to me. Um, mm-hmm. This chorus is, I think, the best, the best, like, chorus lyric to music relationship, like, in the whole album. I think it's so catchy. I think it perfectly slots in. Um, yeah, I feel the lavender haze creeping up on me. So real. I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. By the way, that's it's a so great lyric. Mm. I'm damned yeah, if I do give a damn what people say. Because people think you're going to say, mm-hmm. I damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. Um, mm-hmm. No deal. The 1950s shit they want from me. I think that is like a lovely lyric. And it's the kind of like um, Taylor Swift like... I'm a little stinker. I'm so clever uh, kind of lyric that usually I think is like a little bit dorky or a little bit eye rolly in a cute way. Uh, and I think this, I think this really nails it. And I think it's great because mm-hmm. um, yeah, she is the, she is the, it's very arch. It's like very catty, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Like self-aware, like, yeah, I just want to stay in that lavender haze. So I, mm-hmm. I like that she's talking about, I think it's interesting that she got this from Mad Men and she's talking about the way that people are treating her uh, like, like there hasn't been any social progress, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. since <laughs> yeah. um, stars of another era. So, mm-hmm. yeah. John Hamm, that star of another era. Yeah, he really is. Um. <laughs> and Zoe Kravitz wrote, wrote the song in part. Oh. Wait, I bonked my mic. I've only done it once. Wait. You too, Maddie. Wait. Yeah. I You've think done I've it twice. Ever? Yeah. Something loved just, in here. I, I feel. No. I edit this show, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, she co-wrote it. She's listed third writing credit. Zoe Kravitz is. Um, so Taylor Swift is first, and then Jack Antonoff, and then Zoe Kravitz. And then more people. Southwest. Other people. So- Soundwave? Soundwave. We're missing yeah. the D? Jahan Sweet and Sam Do. Sam if you do, Sam if you <laughs> give a damn what you <laughs> Okay. Um, let's talk about, or let's listen to Maroon 5. That's how I see you every day Campams, how does this lineup of lyrics and melody mm. work for you? Bad. Yep, pretty bad. Yeah. You, you don't like it either. Mm-hmm. No. I took I took sound yeah. samples. Yeah, I was gonna say I was tipped off a little bit by Cam's sound samples that um, I don't like this phrasing. Maroon. I don't like this phrasing. I don't like this phrasing either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember what the examples are. Let's take a listen. Okay. When the morning came, we were cleaning. Sense off your vinyl shelf because we lost track of time again. It's not the worst, but I don't. It's pretty rough. I don't experience don't like pleasure it. from those pauses. So those pauses aren't doing anything mm-hmm. for me. They feel like they're. Those lyrics are jammed into that form. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then you don't like this phrasing either. 
Oh yeah. Shit always ends. Like that's something that was written on paper but doesn't actually fit. Like the the cadence of of saying shit <laughs> um, to refer to um, mm-hmm. isn't that the? I don't know how it should be. It's like isn't that uh, isn't that the way shit always ends? Shit always ends. It feels weird to me. Um, Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't flow like natural speech, and it doesn't uh, divert from natural speech in a way that's pleasurable to me. Because it doesn't have to feel natural. It just has to feel groovy mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and intentional, and it feels like it's not. <laughs> I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say though, as much as I don't like how they are fit into the music, I do kind of love these lyrics. Yeah. They're really beautiful and really specific and really well written. Mm-hmm. When the morning came, we were cleaning incense off your vinyl shelf. I mean, it works better as a poem than it does lyrics. So I'm going to yeah. read it more like a poem. Yeah. Incense off your vinyl shelf. Because we lost track of time again. Laughing with my feet in your lap like you were my closest friend. How do we end up on the floor anyway, you say? Your roommate's cheap-ass screw-top rosé. That's how. I see you every day now. That's great. And I chose it. It's amazing. It's a great verse. I mean, it doesn't, it's not in a song form right. in terms of like lines or rhymes or anything like that. It's some of her uh, best maybe, romance storytelling if it's separated mm-hmm. from the music, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the chorus has like some really great imagery. And I chose you, the one I was dancing with in New York, no shoes. Looked up at the sky and it was the burgundy on my t-shirt when you splashed your wine onto me. When you splashed the blood rushed into me. <laughs> Damn you to hell, okay. You splashed your wine into me, and how the blood rushed into my cheeks. So scarlet it was, the mark they saw on my collarbone, the rust that grew between telephones, the lips I used to call home. So scarlet it was maroon. Yeah. So, some great imagery. I'm not quite sure, like, what the scarlet, maroon, red stuff, like all that. Amber is the color of your energy. Yes. I mean, she very famously had a song, an album called Red, so. Are you being facetious? Probably, what? Are you being facetious? Because hmm? I think I think that is directly what it's referencing. I think the song is about Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. This There's, is about a red that about, is sort of turned mm-hmm. and oxidized. Mm-hmm. To poop. To poop color. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there's some. There's some ideas that it could be um, Tom Hiddleston, who she di- she dated Tom Hiddleston, which I didn't know until I did a lot of research for this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She dated Tom Hiddleston um, and they very cutely and famously were dancing at the Met ball one night. And so some people say that it could be that, uh, but I, I think with everything we know about Taylor, it's like this, the song is about Jake Gyllenhaal. She loves clues. She loves references. Oh. This whole song is about the color red, essentially. God, I can't imagine okay. anything more insufferable than a polite, handsome British man. Um, splashing me with wine and then uh, apologizing about it oh, probably over and over. And it's like, you're centering yourself now. Oh, <laughs> Stop apologizing. Oh, it's a charmingly so, I'm talking about oh. if it's Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. I'm imagining Tom Hiddleston splashing wine into me and, um, into you. and then it's like, I have to comfort him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds great to me. I feel great about that. I would do that. Tom. Yeah. I like that it's splash <laughs> your wine into me. Cause like, like, he's trying to, like, 
pour it into her mouth or something, and it's just like gushing like all over her t-shirt. I that's what I'm imagining anyway. You got I think... your bow, you got your chain. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I'll get it. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that is like pretty chilling. Like the burgundy on my t-shirt when you splash your wine into me and how the blood rushed into my cheeks, so scarlet it was maroon is how it was um goes in the second chorus. Um yeah, it gets like, I mean, when it comes like right after the first verse, which is like so lovely and romantic, it doesn't seem quite as sinister, but you know, later on in the song, it's surrounded by lines like, and I wake with your memory over me. That's a real fucking legacy. Um, and the one, I lost you, the one I was dancing with. Um, yeah. So I don't think that cuss is quite as effective. No. What? What is? That's a real fucking legacy. Oh, yeah. No. I like a good meaty I mean, cuss. <laughs> and sometimes, <laughs> still, even in this album, sometimes when Taylor Swift cusses, it's like someone, like like a kid, who's like, oh, I'm going to say a cuss, I'm going to say it. <laughs> or like that scene in um, Flight of the Concords when um, uh, their band manager, is Reese Darby's character, is like, I'm so mad I could swear. <laughs> and and Brit goes like, oh, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you, Brett. <laughs> and he drives away. <laughs> uh, what a good show. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we move on? Auntie Hero? I have a cute, I have a cute learning link oh. that I'm going to share. Oh, that's good. just Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift dancing at the Met Gala. And it's really cute. They're very cute Aww. together. Um, so again, I mean, I don't think the song is about Tom, but that's the... Oh, you don't? I thought you said you did think it was. No, 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 no. There's there's multiple theories. The first one is that it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, and right. another one is that it's about Tom Hiddleston because of the line, the one I was dancing with in New York. Right. But I do not think it is about Tom. I think it's about Jake. Jake G- Gyllenhaal seems like someone who would purposefully spill wine Absolutely. No, no, no. Don't blame this on Tom. Yeah. We're not going to... We're not going to taint. We're not going <laughs> to accuse Tom of anything. I'm I saying hope. if it was Tom, it was an honest accident and he over-apologized. If it was Jake, he probably did it on purpose as some sort of weird power move. That guy gives me the creeps. Yeah, it was, it wasn't Tom yeah. though. This whole song is about the color red. Like it was, it was Jake. I think we can feel very confident okay. in this. Yeah. Oh, I do want to say though, this was, so this is the third on the billboard. Um, Antihero is the number one song from this album. Lavender Haze is number two. This is number three. Okay. Why? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I, that's weird. So, yeah. that's all. Hmm. Hmm. Um, let's, speaking of which, let's move on to a new kind of hero. An anti-hero. I wake up screaming from dreaming One day I'll watch as you're leaving Cause you got tired of my scheming I kind of love that. I mean, those like, those like um, cuts, those like pauses, really work for me in this chorus. Yeah, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> I feel like like every other song on this album. I kind of like as I'm listening to, it, I'm kind of like love, hate, love, hate. Like <laughs> that was sort of the rhythm mm-hmm. I had with this album. Because yeah, I think the song is great. I was not a fan of Maroon. Um. 
this this song's so great. I think so. The I mean, this is one of the two um, music videos from this album, which you both probably know and watched it. But there's like a really hilarious sketch in sure. the middle of it. Let's say that. Yeah, where Taylor, like in the music video, she stops the sketch, and there's this scene where she says, um, "I have this dream." Where my daughter-in-law kills me for my money. She thinks I left them in the will. And then it like, um, I'm not reading it. I'm just remembering it from memory. So I'm not doing like the best, the best job at this, but, um, they, they read the will and somebody screams out. She's laughing up at us from hell, which is an amazing line. And then it stops and it goes into this whole scene where they like figure out that she left them 13 cents in the will. And then they're like, oh, it's probably it's probably that thing where she like she loves coded messages. Oh, yeah. Mom loved coded messages. And then they turn back to the will and the will says, hi, it's mom. There is no secret coded message, Taylor. (laughs) She's so she's so good at taking her public perception and spinning it she's like a potter she's like constantly taking the public like blemishes and just like Mm -hmm. rolling them back into her public image and like using them to yeah she's she's amazingly good at understanding and manipulating her public perception in that way i think yeah and like we saw some of that from um like grace jones cameron Mm -hmm. um but it was like such a different age of media and it she had like not as much not anywhere near the same level of like stardom um and also um, her her status as a star to the extent that she was a star was inherently subversive in a way that like taylor Mm -hmm. swift is not true yes that's a good because she's white and cis and probably straight and my grace um, jones is what and cis (laughs) no (laughs) uh and and very and blonde and very conventionally beautiful um Mm mm-hmm and and mostly apolitical, and Grace Jones is like kind mm-hmm. of the opposite of all of those things. But yes, yes, I I agree that like the oh what is the what is the response? How am I going to take this and turn it back into like uh, myth making? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the way she engages with it, and like the bit about the numerology, and she gets like so meta. Mm-hmm. That's that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy <laughs> yeah, sure. and I'm a monster on the hill. We were I was on a plane listening to this album and Cameron was across the aisle sitting with Theo and I I just like turned to them and I like texted them and I was like, oh my God, Taylor just said, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby. And then I pointed to Cameron and I was like, read your text. I was like, I need, I need someone else to know about this lyric and make eye contact with me about it. It's a really weird fucking lyric. And also if Taylor Swift is, let's just imagine y'all, let's imagine that Taylor okay. Swift is trying to get people to talk about her and that she's trying to garner attention. Like play with me here. Uh, this is kind of okay. been like, the most memeable line I can imagine. Like, here you go, world. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby. Go. Have fun. Play. My children, I love you. It's it's like, maybe she wrote an, an intentionally very weird line so that everyone would meme her. And if she did, it worked. I can't stop thinking about how weird this line is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the genius has uh, an in-depth annotation that says it might come from a 30 Rock episode. And apparently, like, Tina Fey and Taylor had sort of a brief feud in the mid 2010s A feud? <laughs> yeah. And or they dated. It's hard, it's hard to say. <laughs> and or they dated, yes. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it was a real May autumn romance. Um, there's like a joke that that Faye made that Tina Fey made at the Golden Globe Awards about Taylor's dating habits. Uh, yeah, Tina Fey and is really like, like not stood the test of time. <laughs> I mean, Tina Fey is a bad person. I think it's pretty inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I watched I watched Mean Girls for the first time a month or two oh, yeah. ago. Not good. Not a good movie. <laughs> People love it's, that movie. <laughs> it's incredibly mean spirited for a movie that is supposedly about how you shouldn't be mean. Yeah. It's also super it racist. Sounds about right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Lindsay Lohan's character is from Africa. <laughs> they don't bother mentioning what country she's from, but they do talk about tribes and fertility idols a lot. Yikes. Oh my god. Yes. And also the fact that there are Vietnamese students who speak Vietnamese with each other is automatically hilarious. So, Oof. just in case you didn't know. So, yeah. Um, Tina Fey bad. In summary, I think we can close the, the episode there. <laughs> We've reached the conclusion. Um, I want. I want yeah. to talk about that. Are- I want to talk about that sexy baby mm-hmm. verse. Um, okay. So yeah. I was so I great. was processing with Becca last week that like I feel like sexy baby is just sort of <laughs> you feel like a sexy. Baby. I feel like <laughs> I didn't think this was going to come up, but I support you. You're very brave. Uh, I mean, I'm a cowboy yeah, baby. You can be a sexy. This baby. show just keeps coming back to adult baby play. <laughs> Baby. Like, can't get away. Sexy baby. And when Whoop. when there was only one set of diaper prints on the sand. <laughs> <laughs> diaper prints. What the fuck? Wow. What the fuck this is just a truly a hinge thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's- you so made a Hieronymus <laughs> Bosch painting of this podcast. <laughs> I'm in hell. <laughs> and I'm being butt tortured by it's a, demons. It's a real garden of earthly delights over um, here. So oh God. I feel like the sexy baby is trying to just kind of like throw people off because she says this stuff afterwards. And I'm a monster on the hill too big to hang out slowly r- lurching toward your favorite city, pierced through the heart, but never killed. Um, so I feel like this is a manipulation of public perception and, and a a way of like trying to be claim self-awareness, um, and to kind of claiming a, a victim outsider status. Um, and I think that it's really smart and I think it's effective. Um, but I think that Taylor Swift is trying to be the biggest star in the world. And succeeding. And succeeding at it. And I don't think if she's a monster on a hill, it's because she's willing herself to be um, that powerful. Um, She has what, I don't know what Robert Evans refers to as fuck you money. Like she's now, she's one of the most powerful people in the world. Now, not not like mm-hmm. a billionaire. She's probably joined the Illuminati by now, right? <laughs> but she's think? yeah, she's like they invited her yet. She's crazy powerful uh, and crazy wealthy, and um, uh, you know, I don't think that people's um, I I don't think that people's criticisms of her are as valid. 
um, as criticisms of people like uh, other. Uh, who's another powerful um, musician uh, who's gotten in hot water lately? Oh yeah, that's right. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I think that he's actually deserving of those criticisms. Or Tina Fey, like we were just talking about. Um, she a musician? Uh, no, but I'm just saying she's like a. Um, I th- I think there are some kind of whipping boy kind of tendencies. There's some um, scapegoating that happens at Taylor Swift um, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it is, it is easy to like, I, I think people are engaging with her in bad faith and like want to um, want to dislike her and want that, that bias to be like proven true. Um, and I don't think that she's actually like a, a terrible person in the ways that some people talk about her. Um, and I think that's like unfair. Like, I don't know, like the criticisms about like the, like wildest dreams video and like being in Africa and, you know, there not being any black people in that video, but just, but a bunch of animals. It's like, fine. Those are like interesting criticisms. It's not the worst thing that a pop star has ever done. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of like, engaging in bad faith. But all that being said, um, Taylor Swift uh, doesn't have to be this powerful and this famous. And there, and I know that because there are many musicians who uh, are famous enough to never have to work again another day in their life. And if, if they don't want to, and, um, are considerably less wealthy and powerful and influential than, than her and sort of find ways to relatively fly under the radar um, when they need to, or fall out of the public eye. Um, And that's like clearly not what Taylor Swift is doing. And I, um, I feel sort of cynical when I read this verse, especially when you watch the music video, have you seen the music video, Maddie? So, It's hilarious. It's really cute. It's peak refined adorkability from Taylor Swift. It's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. everything that she was working on in her previous video appearances, like it's like perfect. It's so charming. Um, But in this verse, she, um, there is a, a dining room full of, um, are you playing a, something right now? I was going to, God damn it. It takes like, um, um, Oh, this is not even the music video. I was just going to try to play it silently in the background. Okay. And YouTube is so fucking sluggish. And it's not even the right song. There is a dining room <laughs> full of young, wealthy-looking, attractive uh, people of color. And they're having a nice adult meal together. They're in their like late Ooh, 20s to like early 30s. Um, and they're just like drinking wine, having a good time. And Taylor Swift comes in the door uh, and she is a giant. She's like a, she's like a Titan from attack on Titan. She's like really big. Um, And she, she's just like happy to be there. And she like wants to um, participate and wants to like come and eat the food and drink the wine and hang out um, too big to hang out. And, you know, and rightfully so everyone is absolutely horrified and they try to kill her. And they shoot her in the arrow. Uh, they shoot her in the heart with an arrow. Um, and um, she bleeds this like uh, lavender, glitter. lavender glitter. Um, 
and uh, then she covers it up with this uh, this pin that says uh, "Vote me for everything," um, <laughs> and then has this like little party by herself where she like eats the rest of the food mm-hmm. um, and and like tries to drink the wine, but it's already all gone. And it's very cute, but it's like. Are are you saying that like all of these people of color are like out to cancel you? Um, hmm. And like mm-hmm. it just seems in poor taste to me um, because she's like a really generous read of that scene because it was written and directed by Taylor Swift. This is like her idea. Like mm-hmm. a really generous reading of that scene would be that she is acknowledging her her overwhelming power um, and that her intention doesn't really matter um, because she's too, she's literally too big to hang out and it's like, she can't just be a person and have a lovely dinner with some people. Um, And uh, that that's kind of on her. That would be like a really generous reading. Um, But she's, she's a sympathetic character in, in the video. Um, she's not actually an antihero. And also this makes me wonder, but I don't know if this is actually an appropriate use of the, the idea of an antihero. Um, I don't know. Like in the, I don't know if it's supported by like the text of the song. Cause she's like, so clearly like well-intentioned and wants to be liked. Um, I don't know. Uh, that scene in the music video kind of gave me, the creeps a little bit. And it was really hard for me to, uh, actually believe the generous reading that I'm trying to give to it. Mm. So. Cameron, you didn't tell me that John early and Mary Elizabeth, uh, Ellis is in the music. Yeah. And Mike Birbiglia. Oh, well, who cares about him? I love him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Mike is awesome. His brand of sincerity is not my it's, my, it's literally my favorite. <laughs> it is oh, my wow. favorite. Okay, I love it. <laughs> Do you listen to his podcast? I used to listen to it like six years ago. No, I don't. Anyhow, um, I, yeah, I think I don't know. There's there's like this really interesting posture she's taking in this song. That's like because you know the 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 verse you're t- you were talking about, um, the monster on the hill. She immediately follows that up with, did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise, I disguise as altruism, like some sort of congressman. A tale is all this It's time. like someone like um, tweeted that and she's just. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, in a certain, like it could be she's taking, she's like preemptively like co-opting criticism, right. like before it could be leveled at her um, as sort of a defense or in the sort of like making it charming and like acknowledging some of this stuff. Um. The other option is like maybe she just is sincere about it. like I don't know. There's on Instagram apparently she wrote "Antihero" is one of my favorite songs I've ever written. I really don't think I've delved this far into my insecurities in this detail before. I struggle with the idea that my life has become unmanageably sized, and I not to sound too dark, but I just struggle with the idea of not feeling like a person, which sounds very like extremely believable. Right, to me. but this song is number one. Um, like she's using this narrative but making to is, be the most popular musician in the world right now. Like that I might mean, be how she feels about yes. this song on some level, but it is not. The song is expressing that and capitalizing that in a way to delve her further in, to make her even bigger. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but also like, 
Sorry, Becca, you had something to say? You guys have heard of sports. Y'all have heard of sports. You know what sports are? No. What? It's, I don't know. Some what? people like watch them or something and it involves balls. I don't know. But oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't, sports. I don't watch sports. <laughs> but I feel like the way that I feel watching this song is like, um, I don't, like it's fun to believe in gods. And I think a lot of people have like sports gods. And they like, you know, mm. you don't want to watch Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, does a sport. I think they're a golfer. I'm kidding. I actually know that that's something like that. <laughs> Foot golf. I think they play. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but they um, like, you know, like you don't want to see Tom Brady win the Super Bowl again, but you, you kind of do because like how many times can one person like quarterback a team into the Super Bowl? And I feel that way watching <laughs> Taylor Swift to do this. Like it's. I I understand everything you're saying. Also, there's a huge part of me that's just like, go Taylor, go Taylor, go Taylor, sure. go. How long, how far can you run spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning your image? And she's come out of, there's two songs on this album, Antihero and the Vigilante Shit, which are both like reputation redeemed. Like if reputation was her like trash album that everyone yeah. shits on. Um <clears throat> These two songs are her, she, she's really circular with her ideas. Like she gets fixated on ideas and she like returns and returns and returns and returns to them. And these two songs are her like being like, okay, I didn't nail it yet. I have this idea from reputation that I haven't landed yet. I got to land it. And she comes back and she absolutely does. She turns it into like an amazing music video and a number one billboard single you know, she's just like, I, I love that. I love that instead of being like, everyone hated this idea. Nobody likes casting me as the villain. Clearly, I can't portray this th this way. Instead, her response is like, okay, that didn't work. How am I going to do this? Like, I want to do this. I want to play off of this idea that people love to hate me because I'm so big. How am I going to do it? And then like, she did. She did it. She wrote the song. She succeeded. She like won the Super Bowl. I love it. I <laughs> It's not uncomplicated, yeah, music, but it's it's fun to yeah, watch people be the, really, really successful. <laughs> the music video literally ends with an even bigger Taylor Swift <laughs> Kaiju, coming. Kaiju Swift. <laughs> Kaiju Swift, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's complicated. Um, it's getting pretty late. We've talked about three oh, songs. Can, can I mention one more thing about this, this song really quick? <laughs> I don't know, can you? Some people were, I don't know if it could be really quick. I'll try uh, in their in the music video originally, um, the like timid Taylor Swift uh, steps on a scale, and then it cuts mm. to the scale, and it says "fat." Um, and then the like party antihero Taylor Swift um, next to her, like you know, shakes her, wags her finger, or something at her, or something like that. Um, and they edited mm -hmm. it out because um, it upset a lot of people and like triggered a lot of. Um, fat folks um who yeah basically we're saying that like you know of course this is a struggle for you that is valid but fat isn't a feeling um fat is a lived reality um and um you don't get to like uh capitalize on that when you don't get um disenfranchised um, in the way that people who are actually fat uh, do. Um, yeah. So the music video, um, it has a shot of her like getting on the scale and then her doppelganger like looking at it and wagging her finger, but I don't think that's it's, like she has the That's the edited the version. Edited. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So it still has that scene and there's still like something there, but it doesn't use the word fat specifically. 
Also, I feel like we need to be real. If Taylor Swift gained like 15 pounds, there would be lots of people calling her fat. I Absolutely. know that it's like not, yeah. not disenfranchising to the same way as if she gained like right. 80 or 150 pounds, you know, like that's, it's not the same scale, but like that word I'm sure has been hurled at her. Absolutely. And I'm sure she feels a ton of pressure to not gain literally any weight. And I feel like that's kind of also like part of the, the verse about, the monster in the hill, too big to hang out, slowly lurching toward your favorite city. It's like this, I don't know. I feel like there's something in there about like grappling with like the beauty standards that she specifically is being held to, maybe. But there's also the deeper, like I'm on my Aubrey Gordon shit again. Uh, there's there's <laughs> something to the deeper. It is okay to be fat. People are fat. That's okay. That's not a, that's not a criticism. That's not a negative thought. You right. know, right. that's not a, mm-hmm. that doesn't make you a monster. Like it is not... You know, to be like, oh, so oh, right. I didn't mean to. No, I'm not God, saying you're, you're saying that. I'm saying <laughs> yeah, that in this this argument about using that on the scale, it's like, yeah, like it is not a, and it is not a a mean. It should not be a mean thought to think to yourself, "I'm fat." That is not a. That is not a kind of like monster dumb or a like you know like oh don't mm-hmm. say that like it can't it can't be bad to be fat. It has to not be bad to be fat. It has to be. Yeah. Right, you guys. Right, y'all. I yeah, I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> Absolutely. That makes me that makes me think of um, there's an artist cooperative called Crime Think, and they like distribute posters, and they have one about beauty, um, and it says beauty must be defined as what we are, or else the concept itself is our enemy. Um, and I like that. Pretty a lot. good. It's pretty good. Yes. Okay. That's the last thing I needed to say. I have a bunch of sound samples. We don't need to play them. Uh, there's more bad phrasing. I took the sound sample number three, Becca. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Slowly lurching towards your favorite mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we don't need to play that. We should just like move on. Okay. Um, do we want to talk about Snow I do Beach? not care about oh, This the is the one that allegedly has... Um, it, it says featuring, I, I believe, the wool of the king... I believe that's how that translates. <laughs> Lana Del Rey. Fucking beautiful, flying in a dream. Stars by the pocket full. You wanting me tonight feels impossible. But it's coming down, no sound. It's all around like snow on the beach. Do you know? Lana? Lana? Lana, is that you? <laughs> Lana, blink twice if you're in trouble. <laughs> the song is the bestest. I don't care about the song. I don't have anything to say about Let's it. Let's move on. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, you're on your own, kid? Or, like, should we skip any I of these? Think, how are we, how are we oh, handling Well, I don't... They're all... I have so many thoughts about everything in the world is the okay. problem. Is. Do, you, do you want to be on your own, Sure. Kid? I'll be on my own. Okay. I dream of getting out there's just one who could make me stay all my days from sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes awaited ages to see you there i search the party of better bodies just to learn that you never cared you're on your own kid you always have Trivia. Bing bong, bing bong. Taylor Swift trivia. Mm-hmm. Maddie, Cameron, 
who is Taylor mm-hmm. Swift quoting when she says, you're on your own, kid? Mm-hmm. You know the answer. You know the answer deep in your hearts. I know you do. You're on your own, kid. Let me just uh, think Humphrey about Bogan. it and not just read the genius annotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I could cheat, but. Um, I don't know. The answer is Taylor uh, Swift. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What? Uh, so Taylor Swift, How as I'm you. sure you both know, um, being Avatete fans, uh, has an honorary doctorate of fine arts from NYU that she received in 2020, where she also delivered um, the Doctorate speech. of fine arts. What a <laughs> <laughs> um, And... Her speech got really famous, and she ended the speech by saying, how do I give advice to this many people about their life choices? I won't. Scary news is, you're on your own now. Cool news is, you're on your own now. Mm. Oh, God. I love that sort of TED talking. Just really really hits me, like, right there. Mm. Love Uh, it. So useful and inspiring <laughs> and so helpful and Absolutely it's gonna really stick venomous. with me definitely past the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I mean again, uh, it's just another Taylor Swift is like she's she's like, in case you didn't know I did this NYU speech, let me write a song about it. <laughs> and so that you let me make sure that everyone caught I did this speech I said this thing it was good you should listen to it hey did you know that I got a doctorate I'm Dr. Swift do you think she's ever been on a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell do you think that's gonna still or Michael Pollan does she do podcasts is she a podcaster I wonder if she'd be on our podcast can we guess can we have a guest on the show no she's too big to hang out it's an immutable <laughs> fact right. about her, and not a series I guess that of decisions. Makes us all sexy babies. <laughs> yes. Um, the the yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, the only other thing I have to say about the song. The song is about is about being lonely, about being in the city, being being lonely, wanting to be noticed by someone and and not being noticed. Um, but there is a line that I really like, um, which is in the pre-chorus. Um, well, okay, I don't like this line. She says, I searched the party of better bodies. Again, she's doing that thing where she's like being vulnerable by admitting that she has body phobia, but instead of overcoming the body phobia, she's just sitting in victim f- victimhood. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the following line is, just to learn that my dreams aren't rare. Which I think is kind of a lovely hmm. line. I think, um, mm-hmm. I think it's sort of... Especially because it... A beautiful Sorry. antigen to loneliness is like feeling really lonely, you know, and being like, oh man, I just like want all these things that I don't have. And then having, having a moment of being like, yeah, everyone, everyone does. We, we are all like striving for really similar things. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's also like a little bit bleak though, too, to be like, I'm not special. Cause there's like, there's definitely some um, wanting to be like noticed I mean, there's a lot in the in the song about summer went away, still the yearning stays. I play it cool with the best of them. I wait patiently. He's going to notice me. Um, yeah. Um, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, there's this stuff about something different bloomed, writing in my room. I play my songs in the parking lot. I'll run away. Yeah, so it's like, it is ma- like very hopeful, but it's also like kind of bleak because it does seem like she kind of does want to be noticed as being like special or outstanding or something i guess to me it feels integrated it feels like it's important for 
for Taylor Swift to recognize that the, the, like, like, of course, yeah, of of course you want to be noticed. Of course you want to be beautiful. Of course you want to be like, yes, we all do. You're, you're not special in this way. And I think for her to like, that, that seems integrated. That seems healthy. That seems like growth to me. Mm Mm-hmm. She also, speaking along the lines of growth and our, like, evolution of Taylor Swift, she has a line in this song. Um, I hosted parties and starved my body like I'd be saved by a perfect kiss. Which, yeah. I is, again, Which, it's like, yeah, that is that is the way you started your career. Writing songs like Romance mm-hmm. Was Gonna Save You, and it didn't. Mm. I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah. To some extent. <laughs> at least don't have to write a song about it. Yes. That line in particular kind of rubs me the wrong way because it comes right after um, I gave my blood, sweat and tears for this, mm. which is like exactly what you're talking about. Like talking about like body dysmorphia or like being uncomfortable in your body and like being subjected to these like standards that are unattainable. Mm-hmm. But she almost like um, she almost like puts it in the language of like the grind right. of like, you know, like um I pulled I just, like, myself really up it. by <laughs> my bootstraps. Didn't receive no handouts. <laughs> I'm on my own, kid. I always have been. <laughs> I don't have a team of people supporting me or financially invested in my success. <laughs> it's just me. I'm an individual, not a corporation. Although corporations are people. <laughs> Uh, love this riff yeah so yeah especially like phrasing i gave my blood sweat and tears for this like that's like such a cliche and it's really only used in the context of people saying things in bad faith so yeah well there's a lot of songs left um yes i don't need to do the music theory corner on this we should just move on i had like a tiny little thing but we should move on there's too many lyrics to pick apart yeah um Midnight Rain, or do we skip? Midnight Rain is probably my favorite song on the album. Mm. So I would love to talk about uh, it. Then, then let's skip it. <laughs> right? So, okay. Oh, fine. Let's see how it is. <laughs> my boy was a montage. A slow motion love potion. Jumping off things in the ocean. It broke his heart because he was nice. He was sunshine. I was midnight. Yeah, <laughs> that's such an interesting chorus. It's used as the intro, also. Yeah, because um, it's I'm it's it's her voice like pitch shifted down, right? Is it? I it's I thought that's I think I so. Thought. Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I yeah. I think it sounds cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it includes the line. He wanted a bride. I was making my own name. Um, he wanted it comfortable. I wanted that pain. I think that's a perceptive. I think that's a perceptive lyric. I think it's a thing that people have to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's well. I will say it's like a kind of a hopeless romantic. It's a thing I have to be mindful of. Is like, do you? Do you do you actually want to be happy, or are you like enjoying being distraught? And again, I think Taylor Swift mm-hmm. is somebody who has enjoyed being distraught. Like, loving you was red. <laughs> like, you know, mm. she's just written a lot of songs yeah. about how much she's 
distraught about love. And I mean, and she, I don't think she's being derogatory towards herself necessarily. I think she's just saying like, this is what was going on. I didn't want to be comfortable. I wanted to be in pain. The song incidentally is about Tom um, Huddleston. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh. He, uh, I broke his heart because he was nice. We've talked a lot about how she's dated like a lot of mm-hmm. shitheads, like a lot of people who have been kind of awful to her. Or at least just are awful people. I don't know if they've, you know, but but it seems like Tom Huddleston, like, yeah, there's like quotes from him after dating her just being like, Taylor is a lovely girl. She was like, she was like lovely to meet. She's a wonderful person. Just like, that's like all the quotes of him about her. You know, yeah, John Mayer's like, that, that bitch. Nice like, one. you know, John Mayer's like being like awful. And yeah, and Tom is just like, Taylor's just love. She's such a lovely person. Like, she, he's just, he's just really nice about it. And she, yeah. <laughs> he's like blinking furiously. Like. <laughs> In Morse Yeah, it's code. like, please don't write a song about me. <laughs> <laughs> so she met please don't tear me apart please don't send anyway. me your, your fans after me that because people like would okay. like send like death threats and stuff to like jake gyllenhaal and Ugh. those people so like he i'm sure he's i'm sure he's be- telling the truth because like a lot of those guys are actually really shitty and stuff but um john mayer especially but like also i could imagine being like wow taylor treated me really badly I better not say anything. I better have counter-programming to what actually happens so that I don't get harassed because I can't have Taylor Swift heat on me. Yeah, that's also possible. I think it's also mm-hmm. possible that Tom Huddleston is just like a better person than Jake Gyllenhaal. I believe it. Like, I absolutely definitely believe than it. John Mayer yeah. too. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just, I don't know. Absolutely. I could believe that. But they, they spent a lot of time. She owns that house yeah. that she wrote the um, the song on that album that we really liked that's like off the coast of Maine. Um, on the beach, her beach house. I believe it is in Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah, that's a state. Rhode Island. Rhode Island or Rachel. Florida? Rachel and I were driving. <laughs> yeah, she moved with there so she could vote for DeSantis. Oh, um, <laughs> that's slander. Um, yeah, Rachel and I were um, driving along Rhode Island uh, earlier this year in like May. And I was like, oh, I wonder if we're going to drive past Taylor's. Swift's house, and but we didn't. It was a different part of Rhode Island, and even though Rhode Island is very, very small, we didn't want to backtrack and go back there. It would have been, you know, fifteen whole minutes. <laughs> it's a lot of Rhode Island. It's a big percentage a of Rhode state. Island to backtrack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very crinkly coast, though, so there's a lot of ups and downs and swirly gigs and stuff. Um, sorry, was I interrupting you, Becca? I, feel I don't like know, I but I think I'm. Well, I think I was just gonna say jumping mm. off things in the ocean is one of the lines in the song and like they did for like two or three months they didn't date for a long time they met at the met gala which has showed up twice in the podcast and will show up a third time spoilers coming up um i know wow. it's coming the met gala it's coming for you um <laughs> but they like were famously photographed um jump jumping off things in the ocean by her house on the coast of new jersey <laughs> oh yes <laughs> um dollar um so he wanted it comfortable. I wanted that pain. In 2012, I got really into Zen meditation. Mm. And it was really good for me. And it was great for my mental health. And um, meditation is famously good for you, for centering you um, and helping treat things like anxiety, which is something mm. I have a lot of. And I, I voluntarily chose to stop because I was like, I want to have my mind be like scattered or be able to like leap from thing to thing or um i wanted to like be able to make creative Mm. leaps 
And in retrospect, I look back on that, I'm like, that was not a great decision, mm-hmm. um, probably. But I, I do think there's, like, something there in about, like, I think there's, like, some part of Taylor Swift that is, like, really driven to um, to succeed, and it's making her choose stuff that's painful. Um and I kind of, it feels like maybe a bit compulsive. Maybe that's what we're getting into with like anti-hero of like being the monster and like, but then the song you write about being a monster makes you bigger monster. And like, I don't know. There's like something about like this compulsion to choose negative things um, in order to pursue this goal that maybe you, yeah, maybe it's not like ultimately the best for you. I don't know. I have a theory about this. <clears throat> So my cousin has this therapist and one time my cousin was in therapy (laughs) and their therapist said to them, um, uh, this is a story about me. This is not about my cousin. Okay. I'm facetious. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. I wasn't far. I was like, God, you're really close with your cousin. (laughs) Well, I also do talk about my therapist and things my therapist says a lot to a lot of people in my life. So like, you know, with my cousin about, yeah, it's fair. It can be real. Um, <laughs> and my therapist. So. But one time, uh, my therapist was listening to me talk and was like, yeah, I think you feel the most alive when you're feeling really strong emotions and feeling alive is a human need. I think it is possible that Tay-Tay and I share this in common um, and that that's one reason that it can feel good to feel pain is because when we're feeling a lot of pain, it's it's a there is... There's a lot of aliveness in suffering and emotional suffering in some ways, certain kinds of emotional suffering are a lot more bearable than other kinds of suffering. So it's sort of like a way to feel alive without, you know, like physically hurting your body or mountain mm-hmm. climbing. I guess people, people do a lot of different things to feel alive, but some, some of us, me and maybe Tate are like very yeah. drawn to feeling really emotionally moved because it feels like something is happening. Like this is real. I'm in the thick Chasing of it. Chasing that dragon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. it is literally, like, rain yeah. chemicals. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, and you wanted it comfortable. It's like somebody who's sort of accepted, like, yeah, I'm cool. I've, like, I've like worked it out. So, yeah, some of us. Yeah, but it, there's also, like, a whole verse about, like, how he has, like, a, a happy family and, like, a, like a good background, and she's like, what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. <laughs> It came like a postcard, picture-perfect shiny family, holiday peppermint candy, but for him it's every day. It's a cute um, verse. She's just like, what is this? Like, you have a happy family? What? How's that possible? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, any more about the song or next I do not one? need to talk anymore about the song. Nah. I have to say, by the way, I just made like some explanations. Can I ask you a question? Did you ever have someone kiss you in a crowded room? And every single one of your friends was making fun of you. But 15 seconds later, they were clapping too. Then what did you do? I think I took a chorus of... Mm, the answer to that I is no. I think I took a chorus uh, <laughs> sample from another chorus. Do you want to play that real quick? Oh, yes. Mm, that was my bad. She asked me a question, Cameron. I was just answering. <laughs> 
Have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? You bought a house that was not disclosed to you that there was a termite infestation in the walls and in the moldings? So you have to take it upon yourself to call your own termite extermination company. But when the guys show up, they immediately ask if they can use your bathroom. Then for over two hours, they take turns going in and out of there, taking huge mud pies and over flushes. You ever have someone Taking kiss you in a crowded room place. and every single one of your friends was making fun of you? Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's my one bit uh, for this song. You might have to boost you might have to okay. boost the volume of that sound sample, by the way. It was quite quiet. Um, yeah, so um Taylor asks us a question. And I think for the ans- for most of us the answer is gonna be no. Did you ever have someone kiss you in a crowded room and every single one of your friends is making fun of you, but fifteen seconds later they were clapping too? No. I mean, why? <laughs> like, just making conversation here, Tay Tay? Or like, is this, do you always be in conversations this way? This yeah. song is supposedly mm-hmm. about Harry Styles, who I didn't know that she dated again until I was like in this thing. But they dated what? in 2012 for two months. But during that time, they wore matching pair paper airplane necklaces. So that's fun and cute. The songs um, Style oh and God. Out of the Woods, not on this album, on former albums are also about him, which I did not know. Okay. Hmm. Things to know. Mm-hmm. Of course, the song style is about him. Sure. Of course. Of course. Uh, on, I really appreciate this is just someone else's cleverness, but on uh, Bim Bam, uh, they refer to Harry Styles as Harold Stylish. <laughs> Which I think is really funny. It's a good bit. Can't not think of him that I like way. That. All right, I don't have anything else. Do we have anything else to say about this one? I think this song is pretty asinine. I think it's pretty annoying. And the, conceit, the conceit of it is like, the ir- so it is not clever to me. It's irritating. Yeah. yeah. You mean it's like the, question. the, 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 the framing of it? But one thing after another fucking situations, circumstances, miscommunications, and I <laughs> have to say... By the way, Did this- I just may <laughs> like some explanations. It's like the opposite of what Maddie was saying about the mm. breaks being like really yeah. effective. It's like you're not saying anything and then you're just using synonyms mm-hmm. and leaving breaks. Like, bleh, get me mm-hmm. out of here. I also, because they're also like the same, it's the same like tiny little uh-huh. melody over again, over and over again, right? Da-da-da, and the synth is da-da-da, lined up da-da-da. with her words, which I didn't notice until this time. It goes, blum, 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 blum. <laughs> it's like further emphasizing like ah I don't no, like that sound. It's not, yeah. it's not good. You may not ask me a question, Tay Tay. It sounded a little bit like blank space to me. Some of those moments. Just want to throw that out there. Sounds like some recycled material. Mm-hmm. I can make the bad guys good okay. for the weekend. But that song to me is really fucking catchy and this song is Asinine was, I believe, the word you used. <laughs> that is the word I used. <laughs> Anodyne Pablum. Um, how about yeah. vigilante shit? I don't dress for men. Lately I've been dressing for revenge. I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. Don't give. Don't get sad. Get even. So on the weekends, I don't dress for friends. Lately, I've been dressing for events. This is Billy Billy Eilish. Mm, this song's a vibe. I was gonna say, yeah, bad guy. <laughs> Taylor Swift is the bad guy now. Look at me, look at me. I'm the bad guy now. <laughs> 
This is her other like reputation redemption song. This is bad blood, but she's doing it so much better. She's yeah. gotten better. She's doing a good job. It's pretty mm-hmm. catchy. And I think the, yeah. the, the music, it's so spare. Um, and the harmony is so fun. I like how it goes to the parallel major there that we just heard in that. A da 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 do da na na. Then back to the minor. Um, I think it's really catchy. You cut in the sound sample, Maddie, in the middle of the line, which feels important to highlight in the Gaylor debate, which which is she says, "I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately, I've been mm-hmm. dressing for revenge." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you bored of hearing the backstories um, about Taylor's song? Do you want me to tell you what the song is about? <laughs> oh, I mean, it seems about a couple of her exes and how she reported one of them to the F. Really, I thought it was about Scooter Braun. <laughs> Supposedly. It's about, what? it's about Scoot. What'd you say? It's about Scoot. Do you remember? He's the one who like bought all of her songs and then sold them for cheap. Oh! She like broke up with her record label over them. 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 Yeah, selling everything to Scooter Braun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the line, she needed cold hard proof, so I gave her some. She had the envelope. Where do you think she got it from? Now she gets the house, gets the kid, gets the pride. Picture me, thick as thieves with your ex-wife. It's a good line. Um... And she looks so pretty, driving in your bends. Lately, she's been dressing for revenge. So he, like, um, broke up with his wife because he cheated on her. Um, I do not know, obviously, if Taylor actually had any part to play in that. But hmm. Yeah, that could just be, like, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I definitely like the first verse a lot. Draw the cat eyes sharp <laughs> enough to kill a man. You did some bad things, but I'm the worst of them. Sometimes I wonder which one will be your last lie. They say looks can kill, and I might try <laughs> I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. Ladies yeah. always rise above. I love that attitude. Okay, well, <laughs> why did you have to go to the worst lyrics, Cameron? She's never been the best bridge writer. I think it's hard to write a good bridge. She says she loves a good bridge. Yeah. Yeah. She said this about herself. Mm. You might try one sometime, <laughs> Tay But I might try. I think the line, oh, don't get sad, get even, is interesting. Like, it's catchy the way she draws out even this is more mm-hmm. anti actually like anti-hero yeah um mm-hmm. actually earning that title i She's think the bad guy. Mm-hmm. um what is that line fuck your dad um <laughs> the the billy eilish i'm fuck your dad yeah, type uh, yeah. might yeah. seduce your dad type <laughs> I, yeah. that's the one yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like to listen to that song with her seven-year-old. I don't know if that's a problem or not, but he <laughs> we dance to it. It's fun. You sing that to him. I might seduce your dad. <laughs> seduce your dad. Well, time. I don't have like intentionality. <laughs> I'm not thinking of you in those moments. That makes it better or worse. It's cute. Uh, y'all are cute. You're thinking of the er dad <laughs> to be seduced. The all father. Um, <laughs> all right. Should we... Bejewel pl- us. <laughs> Should we play an iPhone game? Bejewel. Shoot. Yes. As a present, putting someone first only works when you're in their top five. And by the way, I'm going out tonight. Best believe I'm still bejeweled when I walk in the room. I can still make the whole place shimmer. And when I meet the band, they ask, do you have a man? This song's a... This is um, Irreplaceable. Oh, yeah. 
Yep. But this song cannot be replaced. <laughs> it is instantly a, a classic. No, no. It, it reminds me a lot of Irreplaceable by Beyonce. Did you all watch the music video? I didn't watch the music video for this. <gasps> Do you know nope. the four no, individuals who hang out with Taylor in the intro to the music video? No. You're never going to guess. Okay, let's It's one of them, John Early. Um... Um, I'm going to say Maya Angelou. This is good. So one of them is not quite as <laughs> impressive as Maya Angelou, which she is. Uh, so this whole song, the music video for it is playing with a Cinderella theme. The opening lines, she has like a, her song Enchanted, which is a song she wrote like, I don't know, on her like third album or second album, um, is like playing in the background. They do this Cinderella theme and it is Laura Dern as the wicked stepmother. Oh, Pretty cool cameo. Nice. Um, that's is awesome. that a cameo or is that just an actor being an actor? <laughs> it's a cameo when they have no business I mean, being there specifically. Laura Dern can be wherever it's she like wants. It's like a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Dern can do whatever the as fuck she wants. As long as she's wearing khakis. <laughs> as long as she's got cargo shorts. There I don't give no, a shit. If there were cargo shorts, it was <laughs> oh under my the God, dress. That's uh, such a hot Or, or like ridiculous high heel shoes. That, good. good. Um, and then it's the three Haim sisters playing her wicked stepsister. She's like BFFs with the Haim sisters. Um, and so they're like playing her. Uh, wait, who are those? Nobody, her, no like, crime. Her like wicked, her like nobody, Corey no crime. Haim? Yeah. yeah. I love that song by Bob Marley. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's about no uh, zombie robbers. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is about the Met Gala. She's been dating Calvin Harris for a year. Who, who the hell is that? He's, uh, yeah, another famous person she dated. But she dated him for a year, which I think is like the longest she dated anybody until she dated Joe. I don't know that for a fact, but just like as we've been doing these shows, that's the longest I remember her ever dating anyone. Um... So she breaks up with him. She goes to the Met Gala. She meets Tom Huddleston. They dance. And she meets Joe Owen for the first time at the Met Gala. Are Tom you Huddleston. Tom Huddleston? I, here's the thing. Proper nouns, even when I write them down, I do not know how to say them. You're, <laughs> you know what you're really good at, okay. though? Improper I, I just... nouns. <laughs> 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 I just, I had a moment where I was like... <laughs> I've been imagining Tom Hiddleston. Maybe there's another guy named Tom Hiddleston that like is different, and I'm just like so confused and like so maybe I'm fucking Tom everything Hiddleston, up. I wrote it down with a U, and I don't know names, so it's, yeah, I went with it. I wrote it down. That's wrong. Um, I bet in some accent in that weird benighted land of theirs, that's how that's pronounced. <laughs> oh, Tom Hiddleston. I'd like to be something like that. <laughs> Tom Huddleston. Um, so she, yeah, it's the 2016 Met Gala. So this is, yeah. So she dates Tom, and then I think after that starts dating Joe, and that's like the relationship that she's still in now. So it's kind of like a sweet song because it's her being in this relationship. She's been in a lot of relationships. She's been in relationships with like a lot of d bags. She's having a rough time, and then she like, yeah, she has this little fling with Tommy. And it's like nice and he's nice to her. And then she meets Joe and everything's like a lavender haze for six years. I feel good about that for her. I did have a little bit of a, oh my God, I'm turning into a Taylor super freak at this. Um, when I was like watching this music video, because Taylor is wearing, when she goes to the Met Gala, she's wearing this like, um, she's in her platinum blonde phase. So she's like platinum blonde hair, bright purple lipstick. And then she's wearing this um, like black, like bralette situation with like a silver snakeskin dress over it and there's this moment in the music video where one of the they're like getting ready to go to leave cinderella taylor swift behind 
and they're all like calling her names and one of them is like you snake <laughs> i was watching and i was like yeah 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 the met gala and then i was like oh no i'm in too deep i gotta go to bed i gotta get out of here um taylor will do this to you she'll suck you in those are my thoughts about like a snake like a, a job. like a vacuum <laughs> like a snake <laughs> like a snake she's a in the illuminati she's one of the lizard people i mean um, you heard it here first. Um, we got four more songs. What do we, we need? Do to we need to listen. listen I don't care about Labyrinth. That's another one that I was like, eh, I'm take your lead. I would like to listen to Karma. I let's just I'll pretend that I made okay, the obligatory great. David Bowie joke slash reference <laughs> and just move on. The baby okay. with the power. Uh, Karma is it, is it? Yeah. Here we go. And I keep my side of the street clean You wouldn't know what I mean Karma is my boyfriend Karma is a god Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend Karma's a relaxing thought Aren't you envious that for you it's not Sweet like honey Karma is a cat Karma is a cat purring in my lap Cause it mm-hmm. loves me <laughs> <laughs> flexing like a goddamn acrobat being karma image. vibe like that i think that's an effective cuss yeah i think this chorus is fun i like i like this chorus i think i think it is too the first line karma is because karma boyfriend. is my boyfriend i mean that's, that's funny that's really funny it's it is funny yeah um yeah i feel like it it is disarming because like anytime people are like i don't know um using uh appropriating um like south asian spirituality stuff um just like in normal conversation um or or like using it for their uh for their art or whatever it can be a little icky and i feel like she sort of like doubled down on that and it's like no 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 no, no. i don't karma's my boyfriend (laughs) i'm (laughs) it's like yeah, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's okay. like so. It's so <laughs> far in that <laughs> direction that it's that it's absurd, um, and it worked for me. So I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit meta about like you know what karma means in like pop culture, like popular usage versus like what it actually is. Like I don't know. I don't really know what it actually is. Um, my impression is that it has to do with like. Um, over the course of multiple lifetimes, uh, things kind of evening out, scales evening out, and not just like necessarily any individual in one life getting um, their comeuppance within that lifetime. Isn't that part of it? I I believe that is that is. What and maybe I it's not actually about like um, ultra rich people uh, taking advantage of each other and then getting even. <laughs> I still think it's yeah, fun. Maybe it's not even that. And I and I and I like that she's not taking it very seriously. Karma's my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I read an article in my rabbit hole about the up from like a person who is a I don't know knows about karma professionally for whatever reason like a scholar on this and they they were like. Yeah, the it, karma was, it was. It was the karma. Arrest police. this man. He talks in maths. Okay. <laughs> was it Inspector Thomas York <laughs> of Scotland Yards? Just, just wait until she gets a Hitler hairdo. Oh, God. 
Um, <laughs> this person was like, I think this song is cute. Like the, the interviewer was like, is this offensive? And they were like, I think this song is cute. And then they said, they were like, I actually really like the line. Trick me once, trick me twice. Don't you know that cash ain't the only price? It's coming back around. They were like, I think that's actually a pretty good... Um, they were like, I think they actually referenced the that line about karma being a cat purring in my lap. That's not very accurate. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get, we get it. Thanks. Um, the part about karma being your boyfriend, it's just like, hmm, that doesn't seem quite right. Can you guys handle being in the Taylor verse for a little longer? I have more Taylor versesisms to drop on you. Are you ready? Oh, absolutely. Lay it on me. We're here. Welcome to the Taylor verse, everyone. This song exists on this album because there is a popular fan theory of about a missing Taylor Swift album called Karma. Oh. What? A missing album? Like, like it has become unstuck in time and has, like, dropped out of Here our reality thing. or something? Is this, like, a Berenstain effect thing. type thing? Taylor Swift has reliably released albums every two years, but in 2016, shit hit the fan and all the stuff with Kanye and her being accused of, uh. um, that she had was, like, you know, Kanye had said had like called her a bitch on an album um and I made that bitch famous I made that bitch famous and she and she was like I didn't know that Kanye was gonna say that that's offensive and then Kim Kardashian who was married to him at the time released foot like released a recording of him um having a conversation with Taylor Swift where it sounded like Taylor was like uh, saying yes to it and then Taylor was like I did know that I was gonna be in the song but I didn't know he was gonna call me a bitch and like that's rude and demeaning this is this whole thing which then prompted her, like, the... I can't remember what the hashtag was, but her, like, hashtag being the number one. The, like, cancel Taylor Swift or whatever being the number one hashtag for a year. Or, for, I mean, not for a year. Oh, but it was the number one hashtag in the world for, like, a day. Which then results in Taylor Swift, like, taking a year off. A year, a day. I mean, I have different... <laughs> yeah, really. maybe not that different. So, she... 2016, she doesn't release an album. She misses her two-year streak. Later... In the music video, uh, she ended up releasing Reputation the next year. So, like, going three years instead of two years. In her music video for um, The Man, if I was the man, I'd be the man, Um, there is a clip in the music video where she's, like, in a subway station. Taylor Swift is a man in that video. And it, it, she 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 goes through like in-depth makeup to look like a man in this video and she's pissing on this wall in the subway station and mm. on the wall it starts with this like huge zoom out um and then it zooms in and on the wall it says um it has like 1989 in graffiti which is the name of one of her albums the album that came out in 2014 and then it it has a sign that says missing if found return to taylor swift and then below it it says reputation and then above it it says karma and so it's this like, yeah, there's something missing between okay. Reputation and 1989, which fans were aware of because she had missed her release schedule. And there's like the word karma. So this song is here because of this theory that like she had this album that she was like prepping to release. And then she okay. instead like just disappeared underground. I'm getting chills. I don't think it's because it's meaningful. Huh. I think it's because the Taylor verse is so wildly interconnected. It is wild how interconnected it is. And it's, it makes like me feel how, a little crazy. How all the Pixar yeah. movies are supposed to like happen in the same universe. Yeah. It's like that. And then when they're like, yeah. well, what do you think about cars? And there's like, that's like way in the future when we reach the singularity <laughs> and all organic life is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> And they've and they they've just like recreated society um, of the drivers, and it's just like a a, a cruel parody of of life. Mm. That's weird. It's like that. 
Yeah. Or like numerology or like religion or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know where to go from that. Yeah, that's super tired. fair. Um, did, do we talk about I don't have to talk about any other songs. I'm down to if you do want to. Do? I think we should talk about, um, I just have to tell, okay, so there's two more songs. One of them is called Sweet Nothing, which is just a cute little song about her and Joe Olin, but it is co-written by someone named William Bowery. William Bowery is Joe Alwyn. <laughs> oh. Uh, so that's funny. Why, I don't, why I don't, do it's difficult to say why he does that. Um, I think, it, I mean, they've just been like really mm-hmm. private about their relationship. And I think at first they were like, I don't know, like, do we really want to put any more heat on you or make you any more public? And, uh, but then eventually, you know, people obviously are just, tracking every single thing taylor swift does multi-hyphenate okay um let's listen to my mastermind let's end on that at 13 yeah get out of here okay um Alwyn revealed to the Wall Street Journal that the name William Bowery was derived from the first name of his great-grandfather William Alwyn who was a music composer and the last name in honor of the New York City neighborhood Bowery where he had spent <laughs> a lot of time when he first arrived I got the US. high there one afternoon I was there forever <laughs> still there in a yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he apparently has like co-written yeah other songs um before and has co-produced some, some songs on folklore anyway um mm. so you said you wanted to Let's do, do mastermind okay mastermind the fuse of a chain reaction of counter moves to assess the equation of you checkmate I couldn't lose What if I told you none of it was accidental And the first night that you saw me Nothing was gonna stop me I laid the groundwork And then, just like clockwork The dominoes cascaded in a line What if I told you I'm a mastermind You know, you know She says that, like, a lot of people think that she's Truly a mastermind But there are some theories that she had, um um, AI tips getting sent to her through uh, anal beads. <laughs> Wait, anal beads? I was up, I was with you. <laughs> Did you hear about this theory right? about the uh, this reference to something? The like American kid who like beat the chess grandmaster, and people are like, "How is he cheating?" And it's like, maybe he has like some sort of anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they went. The little kid. Well, he's what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, well, you said kid. Um, <laughs> Old enough for anal beads. Oh, boy. A, and to talk God. about having anal I mean, beads. Yeah. Especially for victory. Yeah. Especially for okay. strategy. Yeah. St- strategic anal beads. That's all I had to say <laughs> about this song. Okay. Yeah, this song is about... Is about Thank you for like, your contribution. Um, she, she, she usually talk talks about like romance and like destiny and like we were like drawn together like by forces beyond our control and this song is about how she's like actually i was controlling it the whole time and um i man i manifested all of this uh by like manipulating the situations to make sure that like we would interact and i um none of this is chance and it's all me 
Karma's my boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, it's a very, like, Shyamalan yeah. twist. Not sorry that we tricked you. It's, um... Yeah, oh, my God. It's it's a very ICP <laughs> twist. <laughs> um, I mean, she also, like, masterminds her whole... Right. Swift diverse and like the Easter eggs. And like but also in this too, chess so. game, there's dominoes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm usually the kind of person who catches that kind of thing. Where is it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Actually, you know what? I did think that when I was listening to it. I just forgot. I was like, you were just talking about chess, Taylor. Tay-Tay. Chess. I mean, maybe they're just moving. I mean, she clearly won. Checkmate. Maybe they move on to Domino's next because he's a sore loser and he doesn't want to play chess again. Um, yeah, apparently, I mean, according to the genius, the annotation, she, like, you know, um, I like this bit. Once she admits this to her lover, that she was, like, masterminding that they were going to meet and they were going to fall in love, he just smiles because he already knew that something like that was in her Great nature. Genius annotation. Which is interesting. <laughs> yeah i really yeah. like so the first song lavender so. haze has that like all this shit is new to me you're not even listening they're bringing up my history all the shit is shit is new to me you're not even listening and then this one she like goes through this whole thing she's like what have i told you i was a mastermind she has this like whole thing and then the last chorus is so i told you none of it was accidental and the first night that you saw me nothing was gonna stop me i laid the groundwork and then saw a wide smirk on your face you knew the entire time you knew that i'm a mastermind she she's like painting this picture of their relationship that i think is really sweet which is that she's such an intense person and she's had all of these like super intense romantic relationships that have been super publicized and then the picture she paints of him is that he's just sort of like whatever <laughs> like yeah i know i know i thought it was kind of i thought it was kind oh, of weird cool. but like it's fun <laughs> um which which like maybe isn't true maybe that's public image but i also could see it being true that taylor swift being like the probably like workaholic super intense person that she is has a partner who's just sort of like mm-hmm that's cool <laughs> whatever <laughs> like yeah. like laid back and sort of not sucked into the public image of all she seems to be very sucked into the public image of it all and he uh maybe maybe isn't and i think that's a nice i like the idea she's she's said about him before that he's like a very he's just like a very normal person it makes a lot of sense to me why she would need a very quote-unquote normal person why she would want that and also makes me really happy like the idea of her having a partner who's not like who isn't Jake Gyllenhaal, who isn't John Mayer, who isn't somebody else who like sort of fermented in this stew of being super famous as a young person and like a super famous performing artist. He's an actor. So he is like somewhat famous, but he's not Tay-Tay levels of famous, which is good. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I'd ever heard of him. I don't think most people um, had ever heard of him. He's English. Yeah. Joe Alwyn. Has he been in a movie? He was in, oh, oh he was in The Favorite. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Who did he play? He's probably insane. He played Samuel Masham, the first Baron <laughs> Masham. He's listed, he's credited uh, fifth, fifth bill. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, we got Should we close up well, there? I'll see you in two close years. It? Close it down. Yeah. So is the next album, here's a prediction, <laughs> put it on the books, y'all. Is the next album going to be okay. the best ever or the worst ever or Midland? Like what comes next? Hmm. Tate has fully redeemed herself from the reputation years. She's a better than ever. Better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> what comes next? 
<laughs> I love that Taylor Swift voice. That's you do. my Taylor Swift. I'm better than that. I'm back, baby. Such a good impression. <laughs> um, I say, well, I mean, I don't see how she can follow up all ten spots on the billboard no. and like pull that off again. I mean, I would love to see her prove me wrong, but I'm, I'm voting for like sort of Midland. Um, well. I don't know. I, I, I mean, what, what I want is for Taylor Swift to be like, okay, I did it. I was as popular as one can expect to be. Now I'm going to like move on and do stuff that isn't about being popular. Um, and uh, hmm. I, I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see what she does not trying to like be as accessible as possible. I mean, in some ways, I was I thought I thought that like listening to um, folklore was kind of like that. So I'd be interested in hearing more stuff like that. But I don't know. It might it might just might just be the beginning. Hmm. I'm gonna say her next move is she writes a really long album, and she releases it, and she takes the hot top hundred spots on the Billboard top hundred. I'm going to call it. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think that the United States government is going to have to, like, um, break her her up. Remove her legs. she's a monopoly. (laughs) We got to take one of your legs. We got to give it to Facebook. (laughs) Give it to Kanye. (laughs) I think she's um, going to create her... She's going to turn her... You know how, like, when Bob's Red Mill, when, like, Bob... um, for his birthday, gave his co- his company to his employees. Where I think, could you possibly be going? I think, with I think she's gonna do. I think she's gonna do that. She's going to like um, make her music a, a co op, and then yeah, I think and then give it to the cats. Yeah, <laughs> give it to her cats. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna put yeah. it all in the public domain. I think that's what she's going to do. Yeah, we're all making really. These are all really reasonable, very possible <laughs> possibilities. Yes. This is good. Yeah. We're definitely taking it. Most important question, though. Will she be married, Um, though? Will she be married, uh, though? Oh, my God. Only if it's (laughs) in a cloud of lavender haze. I kind of got married in a cloud of lavender (laughs) haze. We had a cake that was very lavendery and amazing. Do you remember? With, with oh lemon. God. It was yeah. so good. I'm lemon sorry if I insulted Are you kidding me? That, <laughs> that cake changed my life, Becca. <laughs> I'm still talking about it. I'm, I'm still talking to people about it. I was like, oh my God, came to my this lavender lemon Pretty smart. Cake. What if I told so you good. I'm the mastermind behind that cake? Oh, oh, Would you believe me? <laughs> Would you just smile and say you knew the whole time? No. I'm just going to give you a knowing smirk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was a visual medium. <laughs> So that all of our thousands of hundreds of listeners can go see <laughs> that amazing face my Maddie just made. Instead, you're just going to have to imagine. Uh, <clears throat> just imagine. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, y'all. This has been Think Outside the Box set with a special guest. It was Becca DeWitt. Thanks for Thank joining us, so Becca. It was great here. having you here again. Thanks for coming, back. And you have to come oh. back for all Yeah, we missed videos. you on the last one. Um, yeah. Evermore. The last day, too? It was just you and me. Did we do it? Just the two of us? Oh. But we also had one Tay-Tay episode without you. It was Reputation. I mean, to be fair, I bounced on the... Oh, without... Mm. I was also not here for Reputation, but then we also Uh, had one... Without me. Without Maddie. Yeah, it's true. There was one without me. Yeah. 
Yeah. You so. two just need to do well, all that. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, Cameron, get out of here. <laughs> oh, that's the next one. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, until that time, you can visit us online at Foxhead, the website. Um, join our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Um, email us at email at Foxhead.website. Um, you can support the show in a number of different ways, including free ways, like telling people about the show, spreading the word, writing us a review, jamming those stars, typing up words, all that good stuff. You can support us even more directly if you go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website, kick us a few bucks, and you'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including a weekly mini-show called What's in the Box Weekly? It's a weekly mini-show at the Sarah Culture Club. And this week, there were three people on it, so it was sort of a maxi-box. I talked about a movie called Wendell and Wilde. I talked about This is How You Lose the Time War, the book. It's only a book. And I talked about Aubrey Gordon's somewhat outdated yeah. blog, uh, Your Fat Friend. It's, yeah, yeah, it's... It's great. I mean, it's Y-O-U um, apostrophe R-E F-A-T comma friend. <laughs> and it's and it's about um, uh, anti-fat bias. <laughs> Those jokes will make it... <laughs> yeah. I love it a good spelling joke. It is joke. about anti-fat <laughs> bias. It's the thing that it is. Anti-hyphen anti fat bias. <laughs> <laughs> she fats she, she fight, fuck she fights against anti-fat activism is right is that right that's what it sounded like when you originally said it she fats she fats fight she fights she fat fights fat with activism fight. it's way too fucking late. like Michelle Obama <laughs> remember that Ooh, burn. oh my god Yikes. Okay. Well, I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll have another episode probably. <laughs> I hope. Um, we'll figure something out. Uh, maybe we'll do a palate cleanser on probably. Um, until that time, I've been Maddie Hunt, and once you I pop the haze, don't stop. I feel stop. the lavender scare creeping up on me. I've been Becca DeWitt. And Lana, if you're out there, call us. <laughs> we're worried about you. Lana! <laughs> that Lana is featured on this song, but I, do, I swear I just can't hear it. Let's take a listen. It doesn't sound like Lana's. I mean, maybe she's just buried in it. Playing video games. Stagger Lee, playing video games. <laughs>